Hello, and welcome back to Sex and Violence, your weekly punk rock movie podcast, where the discussion is always on drinking and fighting. It's always on hot fire. It's always on your father being disappointed in you. It's always on the export and illicit taking of Chinese artifacts. It's always about ginseng. It's always about snake merchants. Snake merchants? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah the girl. Snake she throws the snakes on the fucking dudes. Yeah. That it's, girl. Yeah. Yeah. So it's on high cakes. Who are you? Hello, I'm Gabe Mara. I'm a comedian. I'm a writer. And I'm a podcast producer and a co-host of this show. And with me, as always, is my co-host. Ryan Snyder, bartender extraordinaire. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Hi, Ryan. Hello, Gabriel. Ryan, how are you? It's one week until Christmas. It is. Or was that yesterday's one week till Christmas? Uh, yeah, yesterday was one week till Christmas. Yesterday was one week until Christmas. This is coming out five days before Christmas. Yeah. And how is your holiday spirit treating you? Um, okay. I don't really get into the holiday spirit. I'm not a Grinch by any means. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite Grinchy. Yeah, you are noted for that. Mm-hmm. Um... I don't know. It's just waiting on Christmas, stocking up on wine because I'm gonna get wine drunk with yeah. the family. Oh, I gotta buy some more champagne. I'm gonna try to recreate that drink that if I can find. I can't find Cookie Rosa here. It's just not gonna happen. Yeah. But I'm gonna infuse cranberries into Lillet and then uh, just add champagne to it. Oh, so I think it's gonna be good. Okay. I was thinking about doing a punch, but mm. uh, money. Tight. Yeah, that like that Punch already is gonna. Expensive. That combination is already gonna cost me like forty bucks. Yeah, uh, I think I might just bring like two bottles of wine to each house because I'm married, so I have to hit like two mm. different people's families. So that'll cost me some some cheddar. But hey, I get to drink four bottles of wine. Holiday spirit. Yeah, that's what it's all about. Spirit. Yay! No, I have also found that now that I don't work in the restaurant industry at all time. At all mm-hmm. times, um, the holiday thing—I'm not inundated it with it. It's not hitting me in the face at all times. I don't clock in for 14 straight hours looking at Christmas decorations. So mm. when I'm done working, I'm a little bit more festive. That's good because uh, I just sit on my ass and type all day. Again, married, so wife who decorates the house, and it's mm. just every time there's a holiday season or a holiday switch. The house inevitably gets switched with decorations and a different scented candle for each holiday. That's adorable. My favorite is Halloween because the house smells fantastic. Also, you're a noted Halloween Halloweeniac. I am. I'm very big fan. Of, and the way we decorate the house for Halloween is pretty cool because it, it means like all of uh, Michelle Monaghan's uh, morbid shit that is mm-hmm. normally around is actually in season. So the skulls make sense. You married opposed, right. So as opposed to the middle of July, like, why is there a dead guy in your hallway? It's like, mm. uh, I don't know. Christmas in July? Ask her. The dead guys are in Christmas. Ghosts? Jacob Marley? Sure. Yeah, I don't yeah. really know. Yeah, I'm, I don't get it. It's fine. Well, Ryan, a happy pre-Christmas to you. And with that, we did a movie. We did a movie. 1994. Legend. Also known as Drunken Master 2. Trailer. It takes perfect timing. Expert training. And years of practice to become a master. But for this master, it only takes one drink. To become invincible. Ah, drunken boxing. You get up! Down the hatch! No more drinking! But now... When an international gang of terrorists... Threaten to steal a nation's treasure. To take them on, he's got a tie one on. Don't worry, it gives him power. Oh, good stuff! This master, it's last call for the final brawl. 
Jackie Chan, the legend of Drunken Master. What a great trailer. Yeah, that's, um, I think I'm cutting in the American trailer. Okay. So it's going to be like sick guitar riffs and Jackie going like, huh? Like a lot. This is a sequel? This is a sequel. Oh. Oh, actually, hold on. Trailer for about 15 seconds of the first one. Yeah, the first one came out like in 1974 or something. Jackie's been around for a while. So in case you couldn't tell, this is um, one of Jackie Chan's most famous movies. It came out in America probably on like 97 or so. Okay. Um, Hold on a minute. Let me find what's it called. Do you like the first one? I have an affection for the first one, but it's 78. It's okay. nowhere near as good as this one. Okay. Because it's, it's still young Jackie, and it's still kind of... it's. If you thought this was broad, boy... Like, the comedy broad elements of that one. That one's kind of boring, to be perfectly honest. Yeah, okay. It's about a dude who comes into town. And he's a bad dude. And he kicks the shit out of Jackie. And Jackie learns drunken boxing from his from his drunken master, who's like an old man of, like, the DTs. And then cool. eventually the old man gets the shit kicked out of him because he didn't get anything to drink. And Jackie refuses to learn one of, one of the fancy moves because it's too gay. I'm not even kidding. Oh. And then he finally wins by doing the gay move. The end. All right. It's really much like the 36th Chamber of Shaolin. It's just training montages. And uh, then really broad comedy. Yeah, I think we talked about the that mm-hmm. other movie and you said good things about it. Because yeah. I, I remember seeing all the t-shirts and shit on the, the Mondo thing. I think yeah, I you should see it, right? Yeah. You should see Um, coincident- Well, not coincidentally, Legend of Drunken Master is from the same director of 36 Chamber of Shaolin. Oh, okay. Though, to be perfectly honest, everyone knows Jackie directed this too, for the most part. Yeah. But the director's name is Lao Karlung. It was Lao Galung. So, yeah. Yeah. He's a big deal. Ryan, I'm sure people can't tell what the plot is of this movie based on that trailer. So, what is Legend of Drunken Master, Jui Koen 2, all about? Uh, it is hard to say. Yes, um, it's very hard to say. Uh, it, so, Jackie Chan and his dad and his dad's apprentice, I guess. I, I guess yeah, something. Go to retrieve supplies for the, his father because his father's like a, a medicine man, doctor. Mm-hmm. Also a dojo owner. Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. And they try to get one of the packages in somebody else's suitcase so they don't have to pay taxes mm-hmm. on it. And then the package... You know an action movie is going to be great when it involves taxes. Yeah. Um, so Jackie tries to retrieve said package and it gets mixed up with this other like really great martial artist who takes the package and they fight, yeah. which is a pretty cool fight scene because it's like under a train. Yeah. And then... Uh, I, I don't, I'm trying to think where the plot really goes from there. It's... Uh, they. The, the package was, was supposed to be ginseng, mm-hmm. and the guy who they got it for, they give him a bonsai tree root instead to make tea out of. Yep. Um, he ends up getting pretty ill, and then Dad finds out that they switched him, gets pretty pissed off. Uh, the guys who were on the train come to try and find a pack the, the actual package, which contained... Yeah. A Chinese artifact. Yeah, basically there they work. So there's a big Alan Rickman looking guy. Yeah. He's, you know, like the the colonizer kind of like rich dude. Yeah. And he has with him two assistants who are basically our real bad guys. Um, two Asian dudes who um, are, you know, Uncle Tomming, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they, what they really want to do is get that artifact back because it's Chinese history. It's, you know, kind of like this belongs in the museum kind of talk yeah and uh basically they just want to get it back and when they try to get it back from jackie jackie gets pissed drunk and kicks the shit out of them which i think is hilarious they just keep throwing jackie chan bottles of like booze and he just keeps like chugging them to be fair jackie's like whoa i shouldn't be doing this dad's gonna be really mad i'm not supposed to do drunken boxing but his stepmom played by anita mui classic it's just like get drunk get fucked up broad comedy typical stepmom yeah totally Man, if I had a stepmom, I'm sure I'd be drunk with her right now. Yeah. Uh, which, is, it, it's actually one of my favorite fight scenes is that one. Oh, yeah. It's him just getting In the street, pissed, drunk. And throwing just, the bottles? Yeah. It's awesome. It's really quite charming and fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
Um, from, and how does it all culminate, Ryan? How does it all culminate? That the the actual movie or the, the whole fight movie? Team? Oh, uh, it culminates in Jackie Chan drinking Flint, Michigan water. Ooh. Sorry, I had to. Well, industrial strength, fuck you up, juice. Yeah, and getting like ridiculously hammered and fighting the main dude who kicked the shit out of him earlier when he was too drunk to fight Mm -hmm. he actually beats him and it's a pretty cool industrial steel mill yeah like early 2000s uh alternative rock video hell yeah setting a lot of fire yeah and jackie chan uh, this is the part where you were very excited to tell us where jackie chan's rolling around in hot coals and tell the listeners about this so because i have i have an entire like essay about this movie and you know everyone knows that jackie chan is an insane film perfectionist especially his hong kong movies as a director so you know that 20 minute fight scene at the end of the movie took like four months to shoot like there are american movies that take like a month to shoot is conversations and like four months for a c for a scene and uh Jackie's such a perfectionist that at the climactic moment when he gets kicked into a bed of hot coals, they used real hot coals, and Jackie Chan did it three times? Let me double check that, because I believe it might have been like four, actually. How did he not, like, scald? Like, his hands are on the coals. He did. Like, that's... Ugh. Yeah, no, he fucking straight up did it. Like, it's, it's, it's real that, you know, that there's this wonderful whole, like, if you ever want to research the insane injuries that, like, Jackie Chan has received making movies, it's crazy. Like, in Famously in Police Story, he, like, slides down, I, I kind of just want to show you clips. He slides down a pole, like, from the fourth floor of a, of a, of a mall all uh. the way down to the first floor, and the pole was covered in Christmas lights. So he slid down his thing, lights popping and shattering into his hands and face, and then he falls. Actually, I'm just going to show it to you. Okay. Oh, here it is. Oh. That's him. Wow. Yeah. Jackie Chan also has a dime-sized hole in his head from uh, messing up a fall, apparently. Yeah, so he's a fucking berserker. So clearly I have an affection for the man. Ryan, what's your history of Jackie Chan? Have you seen many of his movies? Have you only seen like his American things? I think I've only seen his American things. And this is something I'll bring up when we do our test. But Mm -hmm. I'll I'll, I'll just save that part. Mm -hmm. Um, But mostly exposed to him through like uh, American movies that he's done. I mean the Jack like name Jackie Chan is just synonymous with like an American audience and and, like martial arts. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, this really makes me want to see more oh. of his foreign language films. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's my history. Uh, I've seen a little, want to see more. Okay, I can dig it. <laughs> and that I've, I've been, I think like so, I've grown up being a huge martial arts film fan. Yeah. Bruce Lee was always like the legend. You know, like I've always said that along with Star Wars and Indiana Jones, there's no point in my life where I had not seen a Bruce Lee movie. I have no memory yeah. of it. And... um. Jackie Chan was always kind of like second best, and you know he was just kind of in the periphery. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, Rumble in the Bronx came out, and all of a sudden you're like, "Oh fuck, this is fine." And then from there is all the rush hours. And as a child, of course, you love the rush hour movies. And then you get older, and you realize they're not great. Yeah, but they're still fun. And I like, I genuinely like Shanghai Noon. Mm-hmm. Big fan of Jackie Chan Adventures. So I'm, I love me some Jackie Chan. Yeah. And I only as I got older that is, that I discovered like the incredible filmmaking quality of all the work he did. He is a master craftsman. His filmmaking is outstanding. There's a really great video on him that I will link you to later. Please do, because I've been spending quite a few nights watching that other series that you got me into. Lessons from the Screenplay? Yes. Yes. Big fan. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, it's really fun. You learn everything about storytelling. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's really a a blast. I I watched something. uh, I'm trying to figure out why I don't like the Coens, and they had a a Coens video, and I was Mm -hmm. like, okay, I guess I get it a little more, but still, no thanks. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Ryan does not like cosmic nihilism. I don't know why. Which, again, love, inherent vice, don't like the Coens. Mm-hmm. Makes yeah, no it, sense. Uh, I don't think it's cosmic nihilism, but anyway. Um, so, Ryan, how did you feel about the movie? 
this is your first time seeing it. It was Midnight Movie Club. Yep. And how were your feelings approaching it? Approaching it, I was just like, oh, cool. Like, uh, <clears throat> it's the same way I approach every Midnight Movie Club movie, where I'm mm-hmm. just like, I'm in for a treat no matter what. Yes. Um, there's never anything, like, really that we've had that's been, like, a broad release big fan favorite like all of our movie midnight movie clubs can i guess be described as culty mm-hmm. uh, in a way um so i knew going into this i was like cool a foreign language martial arts movie i'm in watching it uh it's a little thin plot wise i was just waiting for like the next fight scene it's non-existent plot wise that i can't believe you managed to get that much story out of your description yeah uh hmm. it's like train fight scene street fight scene um and then still no fight scene. Oh no, the tea house fight scene, which is like my favorite. Oh yeah, that's pretty fun. The axe gang. Yeah. Um I I I guess uh boring American white guy doesn't get Chinese humor. Yeah, I also don't quite get Chinese humor, to be perfectly fair. But I think also I think like we said after after the movie, you you can't watch this movie just skipping to the fight scenes. It yeah, feels you, it feels wrong. Yeah, you need to watch it like like you said at least one time all the way through, yeah. and then then you can YouTube then, all the fight. Yeah, scenes. and then once you have the context for it, you're like you have it in your head about why he's fighting X and everything. Mm-hmm. So it makes those fight scenes better as opposed to just like clipping and be like, I don't wonder why he's mad at him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, Wong Fei Hung, the character he plays, is kind of like a Chinese folk hero, kind of like Daniel Boone. Okay, I think I think he was a real dude, and people would kind of just like tell stories all about him in different iterations. Like, uh, I think um, the Once Upon a Time in China film series mm-hmm. um, starring Jet Li. He's also Wong Fei Hung in that. Okay, let's see. How do I feel after the whole movie? I was very glad I watched it. I was very like we usually have like a, a two like three minute walk to our cars, and we mm-hmm. just break it down very briefly and quickly. And on the whole, I enjoyed it. Like, uh, I, I I think at this point, it's just going to be like YouTube clips for me. Word. I could see a world where like if I was out at like video store and saw it like, you know, Blu-ray DVD for like 10 bucks, I'd probably be like, oh, I remember really liking that. I'll pick that up. Yeah, I think it's it's like like I own it so I can loan it to people. Yeah. And that's a that's kind of a point that you brought up earlier that. Uh, about buying movies and I kind of thought about it and I was like it's kind of like how I'm reproaching like buying movies is like mm-hmm. I'm buying them to loan them out to people yes I was like oh that's really interesting or like having like people over like we had like kind of a nice Sunday fun day mm-hmm. this last Sunday and we had two movies oh sorry that's me yeah it's, that's, that's my computer's gonna oh. do that uh-huh. um and like we had two movies that we played and they were like it's like having crowd please we played yeah. better off dead and then movie. the second one, we kind of had like a, a group argument about what we were going to watch. And then mm-hmm. it became Casino Royale. Yes. I was sorry to leave Casino Royale. Yeah. But like this is a movie that I could easily like sub in for like if it was – if I had if I had seen it and had it on DVD last Sunday, I probably would have been in the conversation for something to throw on. Mm-hmm. And like any martial arts movie is a crowd pleaser. Yeah. Especially like, like – again, I think I've always argued this. This is – Probably the greatest martial arts film ever made. I think based in, in craftsmanship, not story. Um, so uh, I'll, fin- I'll finish this thought, and I have another one coming after it. That you can really put on a good martial arts film and, uh, as, on, on the grounds that this is fun to look at. Yeah. I mean, you don't need story too much. If you happen to have good story, then that's awesome. I think most great martial arts films have the thinnest fucking stories in the world. Mm-hmm. I can't think of one that where I'm like... Uh, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I still want to watch that. That's a very complex movie. It's, it's beautiful, and the martial arts scenes it's are Ang Lee. Ang Lee, and okay. it's fucking rad. It's it's a sweeping. It's 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 like um shit. What are they called? Like it's it's a wuxia w u x i a like you know that back in in China I think around the fucking thirties or so. Mm-hmm. Um, they would release like these paperback pulp books about like Master Flying Head and his guillotine strike, etc. And like Lady Snowbird and her um, flying X kick. And they're all super goofy martial arts. And they're all, but they're all played for such serious drama. Mm-hmm. And kind of cool thing about Crouching Tiger is that that's like chapter fourteen in a long running series. Oh, cool! And it just happens to be the one where Oscar winning brilliant filmmaker Ang Lee decided to make it into a like it's a sweeping romance drama with outstanding fight scenes. It's awesome. probably the best written martial arts film. Maybe if maybe if man. 
I was thinking, like, if you guys they're watching the, pl- like, the plot scenes of Drunken Master with you guys, part of me was like, oh, maybe I should have picked Ip Man. That's actually, you can follow that plot, actually. Because really, watching Drunken Master 2, you're like, get to the fight scene. Get to the fight scene, please. No, and you know what? I, I don't think you should think like that because it, it always brings me back to something that a uh, friend of the show, master of Midnight Movie Club, says. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Hill had his one line that he said, don't apologize for your pick. Mm-hmm. And that really stuck with me because like, like there's, no re- there's not really any like rules for what you should bring to club. Mm-hmm. It kind of like is – like I'm trying to explain it to your, um, your replacement – Mm-hmm. About like what he was gonna pick, like he said, he's like, I kind of want to bring fear and loathing, and I was like, maybe, but like that doesn't feel right. Mm-hmm. And then he was like describing some other like bonkers movie, and I was like, that sounds right. Yeah, like fear and loathing is just like uh, it's not culty enough mm-hmm. for me. And like I don't know, like if you want to bring it, bring it. Don't apologize for your pick yeah. at all. But like you need to kind of sit down and go through like a full cycle to see what everyone's bringing and be mm-hmm. like, okay, now I know what I yeah. should be bringing. Feel it out. That like I, th- I think you know I have a lot of appreciation for fear and loathing. I do not like fear and loathing. But I think anything that you can quantify, I think you you want to get past that level of um, of I like I'm um, calling. Well, he's himself. never seen it. That was his thing. Oh, he's interesting. Like, I've, I've okay, never, never mind. It. And that, mm, that might have been interesting then. Yeah. Because the first time watch, I think we talk about this a lot on this show, like um about being a film bro. About, yeah. But that like there was that. What, 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 what did you see when you were transitioning from I love film to oh I just like movies. Oh, the master. Yes. So I think that's that thing where. Look past that level of I love film. Once you're at I love movies, you can appreciate everything for what it is and choose what you want to watch. Yeah. Then I think that's the level you want to go to. Like, there's a reason why we haven't done Tarantino for this show, and it's because yeah. it's 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 too easy. It's too obvious. It's there's nothing we can say. There's nothing fun about doing that. I mean, yeah, we could like we could sit here for three hours and talk about how much we love Tarantino movies. Yeah. But like, it's it's. Like it's been done. It's too easy for people to access a Tarantino movie to go exactly. find. I'm not, I'm not shedding light on anything new, mm-hmm. but I'm glad to shed light on something like this. Yeah, I mean, like my favorite pick that I brought to movie club, the one that brought me the most joy is Wetlands. Wetlands okay. is that movie that I bring to everyone, and if you don't like it, I think something's wrong with you. I think that's a great movie. Yeah, it's a fantastic movie. Yeah, and it's just it's and I'm, on I'm, every I'm level. I'm so sad I missed that week because I would have yeah. loved to see like. Those two his reactions. Oh yeah! Oh oh, it was wonderful. It was just joy. I kind of like you want to chart out my uh, reactions to Hero Not a Hero. I kind of do want to like start writing down all the movies mm-hmm. for like Midnight Movie Club and just like have a nice list and be like, these are all the weird fucking movies I've watched this year. Yes. Like I would never have sought out Time Bandits. Mm-hmm. Am I happy I saw Time Bandits? I'm oh, so glad I yeah. finally saw Time Bandits. I'm I'm glad I saw it in the movie theater with my dudes because if I tried to put that on at home, I yeah. would have never finished it. Yeah, I would have been like, "Fucking Time Bandits, what?" Yeah, there's something great about being like locked in the theater with your friends mm-hmm. and just being like, "We're all in this together. We got to finish the shit." Exactly, it's a good time. Well, Ryan, shall we go on to our tests? Sure, I will administer test number one. Yes, please. Cold, cold, windy day. Oh no! You're out doing some Christmas shopping. Okay. You are walking down the street carrying some packages. You mm-hmm. see bars open. You know what? Maybe I will stop it and grab a drink. You walk in, sit down. You look up, and this movie is playing on the TV. I hear that flute riff. Yeah. How do you feel about this being on, and what are you drinking? Well, much like, again, this was my pick, and much like, again, I think about time, this is a movie where I will drop everything to watch. Like, I will, I will, I will, like, Roll on the floor, speaking in tongues, seeing this movie's playing. I'd I be unreal thrilled. It's like, yeah, I'm going to cancel all my plans. I'm watching Ledger, Drunken Master. What am I drinking? This movie asks for straight liquor, I feel. Yeah. So I think I'd probably go for... Just go for a mild bourbon and just sit... like like Get a couple of them, like a couple of rocks, and just really enjoy the day. Get like a nice like weeded bourbon. Okay. Got my basil hating on. Yeah. Sir. Yes. Ryan. It's like December 19th. Um, you don't have anything to do. Like maybe the days like like you don't work that day. Um, the wife's away. And 
you got all your shopping done, you have a spare $10, and you pass by a bar. You're like, oh, what's going on in this bar here? That seems fun. You go in, you hear that flute riff, and the Golden Harvest logo go up. It's Legend of Drunken Master. Are you staying? And if so, what are you drinking? I'm definitely staying. Um, and I'm going to be like, this is in no fault to this movie, but this is kind of a phone watch. This is a hardcore phone watch. <clears throat> um, so, but I'm going to, as soon as a fight scene is breaking out, like I'm like glued to the TV. Mm-hmm. Um, what am I drinking with this? I, I feel like being like kind of like down and dirty, trashy, like having okay. a one in one. Just like, give me like a, a, a G&T. Mm. Like gin tonic like i'll have like two or three of those suck them down and just like i'll probably wait until the fight scene to drink it and i will finish my drink in the like six minutes during mm-hmm. this fight scene just like another one please yeah one more yes please mm-hmm. uh very happy about it and i i kind of do want to see the collection behind the bar because mm-hmm. if they've got other like martial arts movies i'm going to be peering over and be like yo what else you got no, what's, what's nice what's on the agenda the yeah. guys stay this all the time I'll, I'll stay for one more if you pick a good movie like another good follow-up to this yeah and it happens so rarely. Yeah. Ryan, did I ever tell you like about that? There's that bar in Brooklyn called the Bushwick Country Club. And that me and Ibrahim, uh, who you finally met. Yeah, great dude. Love that guy. Yeah, like, like also a huge cinephile. Yeah, one of the, one of the highlights of uh, the drunken party that was Sunday. Yeah, love that guy. That uh, We used to uh, work in a New Orleans food combined with Dominican food kitchen, pop a pop-up kitchen. Mm-hmm. And then when we'd be done for the day on Sunday afternoons... Or Sunday evenings, we would walk to we would walk like ten blocks across Bushwick and Williamsburg to get to this bar, and then we would just get fucking blitzed. But that bar was one of the only places I'd ever seen where small TV, only Netflix, and we had a say in what to put on next. That's awesome. It was it was awesome. I love that little place. It's hell on earth on weekends. It's nothing but like dudes like broy hipsters. If you can imagine anything so shitty uh. as a broy hipster, it's there. But boy good times damn sounds like a great place yeah if you're ever in uh williamsburg bushwick country club bushwick country club any hoozles our next test ryan yes in honor of katie and Comets, we have the katie contest where ryan yeah would you recommend legend of drunken master to an aspiring filmmaker and a burgeoning cinephile if not what else and if so what's next i think yes um if only for the fight scenes mm-hmm. um but Again, you got to sit through the whole thing at least once, uh, even though like you got to power through it. Like honestly, the the best way to do this was in the movie theater because yeah. it's like you're stuck there. You got to watch it, and then as soon as fight scenes show up, you're like, man, this is actually fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. And then like it's over, and you're into like more like random exposition. You're like, ah, oh, goddamn, what's the next fucking fight scene? Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'd say definitely check it out, uh, if only for Jackie Chan's insane like fight scenes. There. Insa- did, I don't even think we went off. We went enough into the how um, insane these fight scenes are. Like I don't think we, I think we barely touched the scrape the surface. These fight scenes are unreal, and because it's classic Jackie Chan, he does the thing that he always insists on doing, where the camera doesn't often move, yeah. and he rarely cuts between hits. So more often than not, it is in fact Jackie Chan and his stunt team doing. No wires, no effects, flips and leans and furniture hits and yeah. throwing of bottles and smashing glass. And they're just fucking doing it. Yeah. It's it's just supreme physicality, incredible choreography, and crazy patience and obsession. Yeah, these dudes are crazy. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't know what a fight scene <laughs> looks like until you've seen these movies. I think that's always my logic that, like... Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I am perverse for editing, mm-hmm. and the best editing is very little of it. So I feel like if in a fight scene, if you're always cutting between hits, I mean, Jackie Chan even says something along the lines of, you can tell it's not a real, they're not, people aren't really martial artists if the camera is moving while they're, while they're fighting, because you're using that to mask hits. Yeah. Because in this, it's just Jackie and his dudes. Like, the, the kicking guy, the main boss, that, that was his bodyguard. That guy could just kick the shit out of anything. And it's just them. They're just doing it. They spent months for, like, for like, like weeks and weeks on a single 10-second shot. Or, like, on a single 2-second shot just to get it right. And that's what it means to commit to a fight scene. Mm-hmm. It means to commit to your action. And to not try to pull one over on your audience. It's showmanship. It's straight up. Yes, it's it's why the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible movies are great. Mm-hmm. 
because it's Tom Cruise being like, I'm going to genuinely put my life at risk right here, right now, and because it's awesome. Yeah. And that's why you still like Tom Cruise, even though he's a fucking creeper. Yeah. So, yes, I recommend this movie. And, I mean, what's what's next after this? Uh, uh, I don't know. More Jackie Chan? More Jackie Chan. I, I don't really know what else to say because I haven't seen much of his, like... It, this is what I wanted to bring up is that I want to go back into that catalog and just mm-hmm. pull out some other picks because I really feel like there's probably some gems hitting around there that yeah. aren't really avail or aren't really in the the dialogue of American mm-hmm. audiences, but probably in uh, China it's like oh man like you should watch this one like oh shit okay I'll watch this one. I think part of the problem is that a lot of his movies are filled with the broad stuff. With like, you you can't pay attention to the plot. You have to muscle through them because yeah. oftentimes they're they're so there's either the plot is not there or it's phenomenally stupid or it just makes no sense. Yeah. So um, I would recommend that you go on to Police Story Two. Okay. That's like his second best movie, and that's the one I showed you the clip from from the okay. whole yeah, thing. Yeah. So if you want, if you need more Jackie, that's the one you watch. If you if you're watching this for crazy fight scenes and what it matters, um, Eastern Promises. Okay, that's the second best fight scene I've ever seen. And I don't know what else is a good like. Um, maybe if you're just curious about martial arts movies, Blade of the Immortal. Blade of the or, or, or um, uh, maybe a Bruce Lee like like Way of the Dragon. Yeah, Return of the Dragon. Damn, I really want to watch Blade of the Immortal. Yeah, that was such a good time. I was trying to get Eve to watch it. We were watching Zatoichi movies. And okay, I'm like, dude, have you seen Blade of the Immortal yet? That started my obsession with uh, uh, shrimp ramen. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I got Michelle Monaghan to pick some up. And on Sunday before the party, we were both eating shrimp ramen. Yeah, it's the best one. And she made me very upset because she like had it in the thing and then dumped it into a bowl. I was like, oh, what the, the cop's the fun part. Yeah, that's what I was like, what the fuck is the matter with you? You eat the cop. Yeah. Or if you're going to eat it from a bowl, you get the instant bowls. Nope. No, um, my favorite actually is the... Nangshim spicy bowls with uh, spicy shrimp. Oh, well, I, I did dump hot sauce into mine. So there you go. Yeah. I, I would probably enjoy that very much, but yeah. All right. Um, um, yeah. Cool. We know what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go on break, we'll go and on then break. we'll do things. Yeah, yeah. All right, cool. Pause. Hey, everybody. My name is Daniel, and I want to tell you about another Top Gallant radio show. Do you like movies? Good. I like movies, too. But the show isn't about movies. Do you like books? Good, because in Slow Readers, we discuss books. Gabe, do you like reading? Hate it. I've always hated it. Every episode covers a different book, such as Animal Farm. Um, I was also making ties with another empire. Uh Uh-oh. The Sith. Because, yep, uh, basically, uh, the Emperor Palpatine was Napoleon. (laughs) Blackwater. Oh my god, this, this book is so... Painful. Yeah, I had to put it down repeatedly just to catch my breath. Yeah, yeah, no, I know, I know what that's like. And truly, our... you were in a car that landed in black water. Yeah, I do. I know. I fucking killed a woman. You fought. Like uh... <laughs> you... Oh, okay, never mind. Um, Wrong side. Do you not like reading books? Well, that's also okay because you get to hang out with two pretty cool dudes. Join me, your host Daniel. She's like a pretty intelligent kid. Cause like her reaction to that is like, you never read the giver? You work in a bookstore. And and I and I was like really close to just snapping. I was going like, listen girl, I read a lot of other books, okay? <laughs> and my co-host Gabriel Mara, who co-hosts Sex and Violence. You love that guy, right? On air challenge, slow readers exclusive. Slow readers exclusive. Can Gabe fit God Girl up his ass? <laughs> Then you get hours and hours and hours of access to us rambling about various topics, such as politics. Gabe, what do you think about Donald Trump launching missiles? Let's hear it. No. But our one run-in with the police. <laughs> I took a breath to start. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, no, not going nope. that way. We're not a political podcast. Nope. Uh, we're just we're just milk chugging right wingers though. <laughs> milk chugging. And books. Into the water. Pledged. Feral to arms. The magicians. Wise blood. Ethan from. An object of beauty. So go ahead, continue enjoying sex and violence the hot-ass Top Gallant radio show about movies and punk rock stuff. And then when you're done with that, go ahead and button your dress shirt up to the neck, to the throat area, and then go ahead and give Slow Readers a spin. Go search iTunes and search up the name Slow Readers. Check us out. Slow Readers comes out every Monday. You can also check us out on Twitter at Top Gallant Radio. Oh, Daniel. Yeah, once again, one day we'll figure something out. So... Ryan. Yes. Um, it's still sex and violence. Still? Yeah. You're still Ryan. Still Ryan. Still, I'm still Gabe. Yep. Um, let's talk quick. 
What have you seen lately, man? Um, what you watching, bro? Do, 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 do. What am I watching? Uh, I started watching, rewatching because I've watched it since last year. But uh, Happy, oh, the yeah. sci-fi thing based on Grant Morris's comic Happy, um, starring Chris Maloney and Patton Oswalt. Yeah, um, I, I don't think I got past episode two last year because, like, I remember having an issue with my cable where I didn't have like my cable was free in my apartment and then it wasn't, mm. and then I wasn't able to continue watching it. So I started watching it from the beginning. And really good. If you have Netflix, you should really watch it. Oh, it's on Netflix now? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Oh, shit. All right, I'm on it. Yeah, it's really funny. Like, nobody but uh, Maloney could play that character. Love like, Maloney. Nick Sachs is such a fucked up character, mm-hmm. and he plays him really well. And it's all uncensored now that it's on Netflix. So oh, great. All the, all the fucks are unedited. Excellent. It's really great. Yeah. I'd watch Maloney. Like, I, it's almost too bad he was Stabler for so long. Because, like, he probably, he's a great comic actor. He's mm-hmm. a great dramatic actor. I feel like he could have been doing movies. Like, he could have been a whole new breed of movie star. Yeah. I mean, again, I always bring him up. Him and Wet Hot is just... And also, and they came together. Just He's just great. Like, David Wayne apparently knows Christopher Maloney can do insane physical comedy. Yeah. So, I love it. This is... There's quite a bit of physical comedy in this and a lot of, like, grotesque comedy. And the uh, the writing on it's really strong, I think, because there's a lot of, like, really fun lines. Hard. You know how much I love dialogue, so... Yes, indeed. So, I'll check that out. Yeah, check it out. It's pretty great. You? Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I also hey. saw The Favorite, but, you know. Yeah. And I'm quickly in both of those things. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is great. I really, really liked it. Is I think it making the, the fabled list? I think it's in the top ten this year. Okay. Bottom half. Okay. But I think it's there. It's definitely there. It was fun and exciting and Miles Morales. It was really smart, really funny, and uh, it's fucking Spider-Man. It was like, was I not going to love it? Well, then again, Amazing Spider-Man. So it's fucking bullshit. And yeah. Utter bullshit. Anyway, um, the art is unreal it's really beautiful but it's really exciting i mean it's 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 exactly it's one of those movies where i was like and the next scene is this it'll be that so i i called the whole thing top to bottom even without knowing spider-man i could have called it top mm-hmm. to bottom but that's fine because it was great and i'm a known i'm a noted new girl fan so jake johnson he is he's a fantastic spider-man i love him as spider-man he's great Okay. He's a Spider-Man who's kind of like he's like Logan Spider-Man, where All right. yeah, yeah. he comes into the thing and he's kind of like fat and kind of gray and he's kind of like, no man, I don't want to do this anymore. Being Spider-Man ruined my life, and it's it's great. It's super super charming, and you love Miles and you love Gwen and everyone. Cool. Plus Mulaney. Yay. And um, the favorite that's going to be in my top three of the year, I think. Really. I. Loved it. It's Yorgos Lanthimos who did the lobster and mm-hmm. killing the sacred deer and dog tooth. Every shot, gorgeous. Every performance, amazing. It's funny. It's fucked up. It's sexy. It's weird. From it's, what I understand, he has a, a very distinct voice that's kind of divisive. Yeah, I, I, I can't even this explain what his style is like. Like the lobster, very much felt like a weird like combination of Wes Anderson mm-hmm. and I don't even know something like like Gilliam feels wrong it's just something super it's like taking Wes Anderson if Wes Anderson was interested only in making very disturbing R-rated movies but not like not like okay. not like horror monster disturbing but like emotionally disturbing kind of like oh I'm gonna pretend it's fine that you killed my dog Ha <laughs> uh, it's it's awesome. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, they're so complex and the favorite. It's Olivia Coleman, one of the great actresses of our time, who mm. never gets any credit. Um and Rachel Weiss and Emma Stone and Nicholas Holt. And oh, it's cool. all apparently based on history. It's very, very like I think I told it to you like this. It's like Barry Lyndon if it wasn't boring. Okay. It's it's gorgeous, and I think you might like it, Ryan. It's okay. really really funny and weird and bleak. I those are all things I like. Mm-hmm. It's rad. Cool. Um, how about we play a game? Let's play a game. Shall we play a game? Yes. Okay, Ryan. <laughs> yes. One day, very very long ago, in a distant memory, there was a movie called Mask. Yes. 
It's based on a true story about Rocky Dennis, a young man with a disease that gives him a very severe facial deformity. Um, his mother is a drug addict, played by Cher, and... Despite all the hardship, Rocky turns out to be a fun, charismatic, charming, very, uh, very um, compassionate young man. And some people, myself included, in the DVD case, would say he's a hero. Ryan thinks otherwise. I do. Nice kid. Sorry, not a hero. And here I come to my utter confusion that I, how can Rocky Dennis not be a hero? And instead of asking Ryan the question outright, I'm going to narrow down what defines a hero to Ryan Snyder by asking him, is this character a hero or not not a hero? hero. The music. Have you gotten any closer to figuring out my code? No. No? Not really. I think also, much like trying to predict, like, like, political atmospheres... You know, also it depends on the day. Some yeah. days you're feeling very like chill about it. And some days you're like, no, fuck that noise. Yeah, I'm I'm in a fairly good mood today. I, th- I think oh, okay. we might get a hero or two. Okay, great. Because Ryan, it's nearly Christmas time. Yeah, we're gonna do a Christmas themed version Ooh. of Hero. Yeah, a hero. I think these are all fairly straightforward. But then again, I never know with you. Your first character in Hero Not a Hero. Mm-hmm. We have a beloved Christmas time character. He is the embodiment of naivete and joy and joie de vivre and being a being a freak in his community, but also, you know, just just embracing life while also being kind of a weird presence in modern day. He also insults uh, Tyrion Lannister to his face. So I bring to you, Ryan. Will Ferrell as Buddy the Elf in Elf. Hero, not a hero. Buddy the Elf. Yes. That, that's what. That's the one you want to bring? Is, yes. is, is he a hero or is not a hero? Is he a hero or not a hero? He's not a hero. But doesn't he save Christmas? Who fucking cares? What, what, about, what about all the joy he brings to all the children by saving Christmas? <laughs> he Fuck helps him. Santa. Not- Fuck Santa. He gets everyone to sing. I guess I'm not in a good mood. Yeah, apparently not. He totally saves Christmas. That's that. That's who cares? Oh, what? So what happens if he doesn't save Christmas? Oh, the kids don't get Legos. Mm-hmm. Oh God, for fucking bid. You know, I, I have this, this. Like, I think this is where my bleakness and why I stopped believing in God happened. That I think of a scene like that, and like, and say for example, Elf, where, um, what's it called? Where say, um. Buddy has just saved the saved the day. The sleigh is now being run on Christmas cheer, Christmas cheer and singing. And then the other part of my brain is like, somewhere in New York, there's a child being molested and murdered right now. They're not being helped. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, yeah, that's pretty much my brain's okay. going. Just like, oh, thank God he got everyone to believe in Santa Claus and got the fucking sleigh yeah, up. With someone's the, being murdered. It's powered right by. Now, it's powered by smiles. By and, singing and, and cheer. cheer. Meanwhile, there's some fucking poor broad in an alleyway being stabbed in the fucking tit. Yeah. Boy, we are bleak, Ryan. I'm sorry, buddy. The elf, not but a But I mean, I I can't argue, which is the yeah. whole point of the show. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, but. I, I guess if that's your point, okay. Yeah, that, that, no, it, I'm, I'm, it's it's my big problem with movies set in New York. Uh, just showing like that whole like Times Square happy time, yeah, like, New York no. thing, and like you being from New York and just like I don't know, it's like the, show me the dirt. Yeah, some guy has thrown up on the subway because he did too much coke. Yeah, there isn't there is a sixty year old meth head masturbating in the subway right mm-hmm. now. Show so, me that. A homeless woman is dying alone in the cold in her squat. Yep. Yep. All right. Our next one, Ryan, and our sorry, and our Christmas cheer extravaganza. Yeah. We have another much beloved Christmas character. We have we have a, a, a young man, an outcast, who doesn't understand his place in the world. He is relentlessly bullied, and he only finds some kind of solace in his fellow misfits. However, one day it turns out that his deformity is what causes him to save the day and save Christmas, even though ultimately it's just people exploiting you for the one time they need you, because anyway, it's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Is Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer a hero? Technically, he also does help against that fight against the Abominable Snowman, but not that much. It's more Herbie. 
Yeah, not a hero. Not a hero <laughs> not either. Not a hero either. Saving Christmas does not make saving you a Christmas hero. does not make you a hero. In okay, my book. you're saving like one like denomination stupid holiday that's, that's all true. corporatized and about merchandising and selling toys mm-hmm. because you help the corporate machine. You fuck pig. No. <laughs> And for me, a lot of it also is just like, that's not a good moral to the story. You're only good once you're useful. Why not actually just show compassion? Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, that thing we made fun of him for, that's actually going to cut through the frog and help a uh, fog. Cut through the, me. fuck the frog, dude. Yeah, fuck the frog. Uh, cut through the fog mm-hmm. and help us, you know, deliver toys to all these stupid kids. No, not a hero. Mm-hmm. I guess I'm more of a Grinch than I thought. Yeah, apparently. I mean, that's a lot more like, that's a lot more. I'm like actively like, no, fuck Rudolph and his fucking nose. Yeah, that's a lot more like bile that I have towards this kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Hmm. All right, Ryan. I'm a bastard to shit. And our last one. He is possibly everyone's favorite Christmas character. He is um, a bit misguided. He has other goals. um, And he definitely... Does a lot of a uh, lot of ass fucking in the movie, but maybe ultimately he's redeemed by the weird love of a weird child, and also by the fact that he decides to not rob the mall, slash rob the mall anyway, but betray his friend while doing it. Anyway, it is Willie P. Stokes, also known as Billy Bob Thornton, in Bad Santa. Is Willie Stokes a hero or not a hero? Hmm. I don't think he does anything actively in anyone else's self-interest. The only thing he does is, like, steal that stupid elephant, elephant. For, for the fat kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, what, what does he do? And it's the other guy who kills... Uh, Bernie Mac? Yeah, Bernie yeah. Mac. But even that's in, like, own self-interest. Yeah. Damn, I think this is the hat trick, dude. Not a hero. Oh, it's a triple not a hero. Yeah. I mean, I guess if Saving Christmas isn't enough to make you a hero i guess willie is also i mean all he does is change the other characters don't really change he changes for the better becomes a better man by learning how to care for the kid but even that's like he runs away from the cops only to get this elephant to the kid Mm -hmm. and then even then it's like what is it he does no that doesn't really take away he nearly dies for self-sacrifice to make another one happy and then he gives him that t-shirt. He does kick the shit out of those kids That's for, true. for him. He protects him from bullies. It's a it's a noble action, but I don't think it's enough for me to move him from not a hero to hero. Okay. Because his all of his acts other than that are pretty much in self-interest and like yeah, I don't I don't think I can justify making him a hero just based off like beating up some teenagers as cool as that is to that do. That is a pretty fun thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry. I can't do it. Ryan, you are apparently much more grinchy than I thought yeah. you were. Because honestly, I thought that there was going to be a weird element of you being like, well, saving Christmas is a nice thing or making children happy. But apparently, no. saving Christmas, no, fuck that. <laughs> yeah, fuck that. Who gives a shit? I, there was one I, I had in my head because I, I always try and like, if I notice a theme, I'm trying to think ahead to go with where you're going. Mm-hmm. And I had one that if you brought it up, I would have labeled him a hero. Who was that? Uh, Billy from Gremlins. That was actually on my list. Yeah. I was like, nah. I would have. I no, no I think like Billy was actually a hero. For me, the one I was thinking about was doing Gizmo, just do Gizmo in the first one. Gizmo's totally a hero, though. But, but what does he do in the first one? In the first one? Yeah. He saves Billy, and he kills oh, that's he, right. he kills Stripe at the end. Oh, he does do that, doesn't he? And he acts like totally outside of his own self-interest because he goes and gets the, the light up, so he he's oh, nearly yeah. kills himself by being in the bright light. Okay, fair enough. Bright light, bright light. Bright light, bright light. Well, everyone, that was a wonderful, rare, good old hat trick of yep. not a hero. Yeah, sorry. About not a hero. As That's I open okay. the show, I'm like, I'm probably going to make a hero out of somebody. Yeah. Nope. nope. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Fuck you. And that's how we play Hero, hero Not a hero. hero. Excellent. All right, Ryan. So we have a small announcement yep. to make here. Um, as I am moving to Los Angeles in... Less than a week, right? In a week, exactly. A week, actually. exactly. Yeah, leaving the morning of the 26th. Um, we're going to put the show on hiatus mm-hmm. for, I think, at the very least, a couple weeks. Yep. And then we're going to come back with either an altered version of the show or the show exactly as it was or a whole new show. Who knows? We'll think yeah, about. we'll see. I don't know what it's going to be. Uh, we're going to have to have some some tough discussion, I think, about yeah. it. We're going to permutate and we're going to make it work. Yeah. But either way, I mean, 
The show will go on. The show will go on. It's just a matter of what it's going to be going forward. But exactly. you're still going to get all sorts of weird, fucked up movies from yeah, us. Yeah, totally. Yeah. All right. Um, Ryan, yeah. do some plug-in. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Tango Like Cash for pictures of my cat, Pazuzu. There she is. Uh, yeah, she's right there. Uh, cocktails, other random goofabouts. Uh, you can also find me uh, Thursday through Saturday at the bookstore Speakeasy 336 Adams Street mm. in beautiful Southside Bethlehem. Slingin' Gin in Dorsonson. Come on in. Let's talk movies. Have a drink. I got a couple cool drinks I'm working on, so Hell if you yeah. want to give me some feedback, I'm, I'm always down for that. Word. Yep. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please check out the other Top Gallant radio show. It is Slow Readers, your weekly fast-paced literature podcast, where Daniel Gonzalez, 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 and I discuss literature, and nothing but literature, ever, point blank. We have never talked about anything other than literature for even a single fucking second. Um, this past week, we finally um, did something I've always wanted to do, where we discussed the truly abhorrent Harry Potter fan fiction known as My Immortal. It's amazing. Is it really? No, I Ryan, saw the picture on uh, on the, the Instagram page, and I was like, that? What the fuck? No, dude, like, look it up right now. It's fucking amazing. It'll like, Just read it while you take a shit. What's it called again? It's called My Immortal. My Immortal. Okay. Like the Evanescent song. Wow. For okay. very good reason. So um, just give a chance. Google My Immortal fan fiction and read a little bit of it. It's if you, even if you have a passing passing familiarity of Harry Potter, it's hilarious. Okay. It's is it just written by one person, or is it like a, a, a crowd based? That was the funny community? thing. It was it was supposedly written by one person whose name I think on fanfic.net was xxx bloody wrists underscore six 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 xxx, or might have been xxx midnight essence underscore. X, it's some fucking in like hot topic teen girl goth bullshit who doesn't know anything about sex or harry potter that's fantastic yeah and all they care about is my chemical romance it's amazing please check it out take it from me merry christmas this is your gift read my immortal on whatever whatever website it's on now okay it's everywhere all right um besides that uh gang um merry xmas uh happy holidays um and see you when i see you yeah um yeah see you later Yay. Bye guys, Merry Christmas. Bye This has been a Top Count Radio production, executive produced by Daniel Gonzalez and Gabriel Mara. For more shows and information, go to topgountradio.com.